greeting as you do. Tell one person, welcome home. Welcome home. For those of you watching online, we're glad that you're here. For those of you in the room, glad you're here. Uh, my name is Monty. I'm one of the pastors at Meadows. And uh, first of all, to anybody that's new, for your first time at Meadows Church, welcome home. We're super excited that you're here. Uh, yeah, give it up for anybody new. Man, we love you. We have new people every week. God blesses uh, his, his bride, his church. And uh, we want to connect with you. On the chair backs, there's, there's these green connect cards. And if, they're for everybody. But if you're new, they're certainly for you. Take a connect card, fill it out. Uh, turn it into guest services after the service. We'll give you a gift just for being here today. We are so excited that you're here. I, um, you'll notice if you're in the room, it's set up a little differently. And uh, in fact, it all looks kind of different today. And there's a reason for that. We, um, as a church, I don't know where that music's coming from, but it's, I like it. So, uh, so we as a church, brings me back to my old days, kind of. But um, what was I going to say? We as a church, oh yeah, tradition. We, I don't mind tradition. I don't mind um, having certain things that we do, like maybe every week. Like the Lord's Prayer, we prayed almost every week. But I never want to get into a routine where it's always the same. And I always challenge our team. I challenge the worship team. I challenge myself, leaders. How can we do things a little different? If you're new, you won't know anything different because it's the first time you're here. But if you're not new, you're like, this is different. This is, they're normally not down here. Normally the chairs are different. But why not shake it up? Why not do th something different? I think, I think a change of pace and a change of place sometimes equals a change of heart. And so we're, we're, cha we're, we're changing things up. Just who knows what it'll stay. I don't know what next week. There might be you know, no chair. We're just sitting on the floor. I don't know. Who knows what God will do. So I just am so excited that you're here. Today's a unique day. The mission that God has given Meadows Church is to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Say purpose. Purpose. I, as a pastor, can tell you that all day long, right? That's what the pastor's supposed to do is say, this is our mission. This is where God's calling us. But, but what if it's not me telling you? What if it's you hearing from people like you, people that are just showing, showing up at church one day and thinking, oh, check out Meadows Church. And all of a sudden, God gets a hold of them. They meet Jesus in a unique, profound way for them. And then God starts to lead them towards purpose. Today, you're going to hear stories from uh, three different groups or three different people, two, two, two couples and one individual of meeting Christ living purpose. Why we're doing that is because stories, I mean, Jesus taught in parables for a reason. They transform lives. And you need to know there's hope for you. You need to know that God can do something. Because here's what I'm guessing. Some of you, okay, forget it. All of you have something you're going through. Could be in your marriage, could be in your kids, could be in your finances, could be in your job. You know what it is. So do the people that you're going to hear from. You need to know there's hope for you. You need to know there's hope in an area that you feel hopeless. There's, there's um, uh, a next step for you. And rather than the pastor telling you what it is or what, I, I'm going to let what God has already done in people speak to you. We're so excited. I, uh, and, and in between the sessions, you're, we're going to worship together. So it's going to be way different today. And I like that. Um, but everything you're going to hear today is Meadows Church original music. They just released an EP. Right? They're five original songs. So, man, go to iTunes, Spotify. And those of you watching online, one thing that you don't get online is you don't get the music. I guess, yeah, you're getting this right now. They get this part. You get this, but you don't get the music. Uh, there's a reason for that. There's multiple reasons, but I think the, there's power in gathering. And, and I think to experience it the way God wants, you need to gather together. Some of you maybe can. I get that. Get the music. Do it online. That's fine. Others, you need to get to a local church, whether it's Meadows or someplace else. I don't know, but you need to get to the body of Christ. It isn't a TV screen. It isn't a computer. It is a, it is a fellowship. It's a family. So, so I'm so excited about that. But they, man, if you haven't got them on iTunes and Spotify, we're so excited about what God is doing. But everything today is original. You're hearing four of the five songs today. I gotta thank you for, I always thank you for giving every week. Uh, we had we had more first-time givers last week. People are just, God's moving in the hearts. I know when people start to give, God's, God's at work. He's doing something because that's the last thing I gave to God. For those of you that give back to God through the church, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll tell you what you're investing in. 
one of the things you're investing in at Meadows is multiplication. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? I mean that we're, we, we want to reach people for Jesus. Not just at Meadows. Jesus didn't die for Meadows Church. We think we're all that. But Jesus is like, okay, you're really, you're one church with a bunch of fallen people. You know, he died for the church. So we've launched churches. And we're going to plant more churches. Some of you might be called to plant a church. You're in the room right now. You may, that might sound crazy. But, but I'm telling you, I never dreamed it would be me or Casey didn't dream it would be him in Bennington. We planted Crossover Church in Bennington. You did, by the way. You funded it. You know, we, we, I think we wrote them a check right away or bought all the stuff in their trailer, $30,000, like that. That's because you give. So that's, that's what we can do. So we start there. Yeah, you should give it up for you. I should clap for you. Because that's what we're investing in. And so, so let me translate that, that to life change. Last weekend at Crossover Church in Bennington, Nebraska, about 35 minutes from where you're sitting, they baptized five people in the name of Jesus. Come on. I'm telling you, you're investing in life change. There are bases in the back. You can give that way. You can give um, Venmo online at the, at the website. I just, I want to tell you what you're investing in. I want you to know that you're investing in eternity. That you're investing in something way bigger than you. Way bigger than Berkshire Hathaway or Buffett or anything else they can offer. All he can offer is temporal. All Christ will offer you is eternity. That's what you're investing in. Thank you for investing in that. Uh, we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray over you. And then you're going to meet um, Blair and Anthony and hear a story. But before, but before that, we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together. I feel like there's something I missed, but if I did, the Holy Spirit will tell me later. So... Father, I, I thank you so much for your church. I, I never want to think that a church is a certain chair arrangement. A church is a certain uh, worship style. A church is a certain building or a certain way. It, we're the church. It's us. God, I pray for the people here today. I pray that as they hear stories of life change, stories of people meeting Christ and stepping into purpose, you're going to do something supernatural in them. I thank you, God, for the life change that's happening right now in Bennington, Nebraska, through Crossover Church, a church that we're helping fund through the power of giving. God, thank you for the givers in the church. God, I just thank you so much for all that you're doing through Meadows. Four and a half years, and I'm blown away, God. We had, God, we, you already know this, we had 18 people give their lives to Christ just last month in our church. God, there, people are going from death to life. I want more of that. We want more of that today. God, minister to the hearts. Minister to, to our deepest need. Show us what we need to do. Show us where we need to go. Show us where we need to repent. Show us, God, convict us, compel us, change us. We love you. We thank you in advance. Church, let's pray the Lord's Prayer. And if you didn't grow up praying it or you don't know it, that's okay. We'll put it on the screen. You can just pray it right off the screen. Let's pray together nice and loud. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, Father, forever and ever. Amen. I want to invite Blair. Oh my gosh. Wow. This, the Lord is working in mysterious ways right now. So give it up for Blair and Anthony. They, uh, Blair came to Meadows, I, I'm guessing three years ago. Would that be accurate? Blair and Anthony were not a thing. They were not together. In fact, three years ago, they did not know each other. Blair, you were young. Make me feel old. But you were 18 years old when you showed up through the doors of Meadows Church. Um, who invited you? It said you were invited. I, I read some of your story. Um, Crystal Bartlett. I, oh, Crystal? Yeah. yeah, Crystal's amazing. So you knew her. Is that on? No? Okay. I just. Is there a switch on it? I'm sure our tech people will. Check, check, check. So, there's that music again. I just love it. So... Um, <laughs> That's what we do to distract you. So, um, so you, you were invited through Crystal, a, a mutual friend through a business or whatever. Um, I'm going to let you tell the story of 
I know that you, everybody that you're going to hear from, by the way, came to Christ through Meadows Church, maybe with the exception of this girl right here who came to Christ. You gave your life to Christ at eight years old at a camp, but you had the head knowledge, but the heart relationship you'd say was missing. So just describe th that. Is that... Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, you kind of just described all of my points. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in the church. My parents um, gave me a life just going to church. And, um, I really appreciated it, but it never really, the change never happened. I didn't um, understand that, you know, there's supposed to be life change. It's not just, okay, I'm saved now, and you keep living your life. I didn't get that. So then I lived the, um, the next 10 years of my life just kind of doing my own thing. And I honestly tried to earn my salvation. Um, I thought it was by doing things and following rules. Um, so then once I got to college, when I was 18, I, um, I had kind of come to Meadows a little bit, but you know, partying was more fun. So I chose that. And um, thankfully, Catherine actually what? Partying is more fun. And that's why she belongs at Meadows Church. I told, you know, this is the church for you. But it's right. Can we get a second mic, Sarah? Check, check, check. There we go. Okay. So I, I love that she said that. So if, if you heard what she said, from 8 to 18, she had to earn her salvation. You ever tried to do that? That's a miserable place to live. And, and there's people trying to be good enough to earn God's grace. When that good enough, we know at this church, you can never be good enough. And you knew that. What got me about the first part of your story is that 18, you're invited to Meadows. You come as an 18-year-old by yourself, which takes courage, yeah. but then you leave. Why did you leave us like that? You, you know, what, what was, what was yeah, put the, why would you leave? But the world, the world pulled you back in, right? Yeah. And you kind of described that a little bit, but then you came back. What brought you back? Um, it was honestly Catherine. She was just amazing and reaching out and just pursuing me intentionally, just saying, hey, I would love to have you still come to life group? Um, just not really caring about what I was doing or my situation. She really just wanted me to know Jesus and um, it really helped my heart open up to your messages on Sundays and just knowing that um, I, God loves me right where I'm at. Jesus, he still saved me even though I was going through that. That's why he died for my sins and I just needed to accept that and that's when the heart change started to happen. I love it. So I praise God for people, you know, like Catherine. Some of you, there's people in your life that you need to pursue. Maybe they've fallen away. Maybe that you invited them to church and they came or they haven't come. And if you don't give up on them and you keep going after them, God will do something in their heart. I, I, I don't think if you were pursued like that, I'm not sure you'd be sitting here right now. No. So that's exciting. So Anthony, we'll, yes, put it, we'll give it over to you. You came to Meadows through who? Through Blair. Through Blair. Yes. It's always the gal dragging a guy <laughs> to church, I'm telling you. So, um, well, describe, describe that. Oh, my gosh. Um, two years ago, Blair invited me to church after we met on Bumble. That was fun. <laughs> um, uh, I was living the life of the world, um, pursuing success, pursuing school, and trying to get as much money as possible, uh, living every breath that I took was for the world. Uh, I didn't understand uh, what church was about. I always thought they were cool, you know. They supported something that I could did, definitely didn't understand. But um, I, I, deep in my heart, I wanted to get close. I just don't know how. Um, and I didn't know anything about Christ. Um, and it wasn't until Blair, um, I liked her, so I came to church. Uh, <laughs> so that happened. And, man, he really spoke to me. Um, there are so many things that it just has not stopped. It's just been constant of him uh, changing my life. Um, I started stepping out and, and listening to what he has to say or what he wants to do in my life. Um, uh, started serving, started uh, doing uh, financial peace, and uh, I did started Purpose Group, and it's just been amazing, you know, like how many things have just changed. Uh, I no longer live for the world, that's, that's for sure. You, um, you two got married through Meadows, yep. and... Uh, you see, single people, I'm telling you, this is the place to meet. Anyway, so it, it, this is right here. So I love what you just said, though. You jumped into Next Steps, serving, a group, things like that. You wrote something down. You wrote a couple series and, and messages that hit you. And I love that because I think that we love preaching the Word of God every Sunday. 
but it, it, it won't do anything unless you take steps. And you, you took some major steps. Yeah. I'm not even sure they were intelligent, one of them. But <laughs> anyway, because you, know, you said, I quit a job, no backup plan, no nothing, through a series or a message called Cut the Cord. And I'm yeah. like, well, I didn't want you to maybe do that. But, but yeah. you did it. Yeah, uh, it was wild. Um, I was, yeah, like I said, I was living for the world. And uh, I started coming. And you know, the more you involve yourself, the more God is involves himself in his, in your lives um and what started happening to me uh monty did a message on uh cutting the cord basically like if, if you got a job that's just weighing you down so much um in my job i was working 10 hour nights and going to school when i get off at like seven in the morning and it was just constant it's just i didn't hang out with family i didn't hang out with blair i didn't do the things that i wanted to do it wasn't active wasn't just it was just constant back and forth between job and school um, and Monty did that message, and that really spoke to me, and I decided to cut the cord, so I put my two weeks in, didn't have a clue what I was doing after, had no plan, it was all faith, it was like, okay, if this is real, this is gonna have, something's gonna happen here, so. So I, I bet you applied for the first job and got it. No. <laughs> no. No, I applied for over, like, 11 or 10 jobs, and I got none of them. None of the jobs that I applied for, I got. That was digging the ditch. That was the other part of the series. Yeah, you know, he spoke about dig a ditch and, uh, you know, go, put 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 your foot out there. Uh, so I, so I applied for jobs and I got none of them. But one of my friends offered a job for me at school, and that job, which I'm currently at, has been life changing because I work an eight hour shift. I come home, I do my thing. You know, it's it's not stressful. I can I go to school. They're flexible with my school hours. It's, Everything just worked out, and I, I know that job was from, oh my gosh, the pay cut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do you talk <laughs> about the pay cut you took? Yeah. <laughs> the 10-hour the shift was making, like, I was making a lot more. I, was, I dropped, like, $10 going to the job that I thought God wanted for me, and he did want it for me, and he has blessed me more in that job than he did, or than I did, or that I got from that 10-hour <laughs> night. Yep. What you said about digging a ditch, and you dug 11, I, I think <laughs> 11 it said, ditches. was it 11 ditches? <laughs> yeah. You could, how many of us have quit at ditch number four? Well, I applied for my fourth job, I didn't get it. I applied for my fifth job, I didn't get it. And, and we hear a story, or we hear a message on Sunday, and we're so excited, so we take a step on Monday or Tuesday, but by Wednesday it doesn't pan out, so we're back living the old life again. That's key, that you would dig 11 ditches, and then God would, the, 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 the ditch he fills up with water is less money. Yeah. significantly less it makes no sense according to you yeah. makes all the sense according to him and now you're blessed more because of it i don't understand how that works yeah, but you're sense. telling me it did <laughs> yep. so blair back to you so you your job was crazy too i mean you you've done some significant changes with your career and your trajectory of your purpose as well so describe that yeah, and um, after we got engaged, well, before we got engaged, we were still dating. I moved to Lincoln to be closer to him, um, and I went to Southeast Community College. But once we got engaged, I um, I dropped out um, from the early childhood education, and um, I really, I just didn't like my part-time jobs very much. It was just a, at a grocery store and at the zoo in Lincoln, and I was just like, why am I staying at these jobs that I don't really care about? Um, so I put my two weeks in seeing his faith, and I was like, all right, let's try to find a nanny job. Why wouldn't I do something that I love? So you're a nanny now. I am a nanny. So nanny not that we're telling everybody to drop out of school, okay? <laughs> that's not the, but th that's what God told you. Yeah. And you did it. So you're seeking Jesus, finding him. You're seeking purpose, you're finding it. But there's surprises along the way, right? And you talked a little bit about that. Like, what's been the most surprising things in this journey, good or bad, that God has done since you stepped through the doors of Meadows Church? Well, through that whole period of, I think it was a little bit before I started coming to Meadows, I, um, I actually had horrible depression. And um, it was from a boy that I let wreck me. But um, I would just have these really bad breakdowns and I couldn't stop crying. I would try to hurt myself some nights and um it was really bad but then um can i and, can i say something there yes. if, uh, oh yeah go ahead anything no <laughs> secrets in church right so but i don't i want to respect her really because this was a very intimate moment we were at the beardmore event center our first location and her mom uh, approached me uh who also attends meadows and uh 
she said, I need, you know, and I already knew Blair, but her mom, you know, you love your kid. So she came to me and she says, Blair needs you. She needs help, whatever. So we found Blair right there and we all prayed together in the hallway. The power of prayer. And I remember Blair being in tears and her mom being in tears. We're praying for, we're praying for a miracle over her mental well-being because it was bad. And, and you got, so we, and I'm not saying it all happened then, but that's where, that's where it began. And, and you're saying that you've been delivered through a lot of mental illness and a lot of mental struggle. I'll never forget that day. And it was your mom, because you didn't ask, it was your mom that asked me. She loved you so much. So you see somebody that needs prayer, you, you get them to somebody that can pray for them. You pray for them. I, I love that story. And I'm so proud of your mom for doing that. I'm so proud of you for allowing her to do that. But that was significant. Yeah, and that was, that was only one night that, or one day that she helped me. She's just been an amazing, just... She's helped me a lot throughout the healing process. But, um, yeah, so that was amazing just looking into. We actually talked about getting medicine. That was a, the conversation. And I didn't want to because I was like, no, God gave me this brain. I should be able to do it on my own. Or um, the medicine should be able to. Okay, I'm saying this wrong. I don't need medicine. Yeah. God should be able to help me. Um, but that, that was silly talk. So um, I looked into medicine to help me and. Well, funny enough, it actually didn't really help me. So I got off the medicine, and then it was just this big process throughout our engagement, actually, that um, we started stepping in to Jesus and just asking for all this healing and just a constant surrender to be like, God, I know I need you. Um, and then I think it was about a month after I hadn't had any breakdown or anything that finally we were like, hold on, wait, when's the last time I cried like <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like oh okay like I'm doing better <laughs> I love that I, I love that you were open to medication because it is for some people some people stop but I think that God wanted you to walk through that door yeah because you were so anti it you know and you gotta if you're in that situation you gotta pray to God but I always tell people if your liver was failing and God said God there's a pill that can help it you would take it but if your brain is not functioning right and there's a pill that could help it and it's an organ in your body, why would you not take it? I, I'm not saying it's right for everybody, but I love that you walk through the door and turns out that God showed you, okay, now watch what I do. Yeah. So <laughs> one last thing I got to share, and this, this really, I, I, I'm so proud of you both for so many steps that you've taken. You're, you guys are living in Lincoln right now? So, yeah. so they drive to Lincoln every, every Sunday to, so some people say, oh, it's so far, I'm, I'm seven minutes away. I'm like, look at these two. They're, you know, they're driving from Lincoln, attending, serving. They're, so you're actually moving here. We are. And the reason, what, what's the number one reason you're moving to Omaha? Meadows Church. Meadows. So <laughs> that, that, blows, that is not normal behavior. Normal is I'm going to move for a job. Normal is my family lives here. And they do have family that lives here. Blair's family is here. And, but they're not moving for, for that. And uh, if Blair's family's here today, they lo she loves you. But she, you're not the reason she's moving back here. They're moving because their church is here. And they want to be close to their church. When you really get ruthless about putting God first, you will see the hand of God move in your life like you cannot believe. Not many people are deciding where they're going to live their lives based on a church family. You did. You've done a lot of crazy things from what I can read here. And that's just one of them. But God's blessing you in amazing ways. Amen? Amen. Any last... Last things you want to share before I bring over you? I was gonna say it's just sometimes you know a lot of people think you just you, you walk into Christ and it's it's easy, but it's it's not. You know it's that daily surrendering, it's that daily uh, looking into your heart and just seeing what He wants to do in your life because you, you have that conviction. You you know if you're in church and you're pursuing God, you're gonna have that conviction. Just say yes to it. It, it, it is, Jesus says, pick up your cross daily. Why would he say daily? Because he knows you're going to put it down. He knows I'm going to put it down. Pick up your cross daily. It's a daily surrender. I, I appreciate you adding that, Anthony. If you extend a hand out to them, and let's just pray over them, can we? Father, I thank you so much for Blair and Anthony. Their story is supernatural, but the reality is their story can be so many other stories if people will take steps. Cords that need to be cut ditches that need to be dug decisions that need to be made prayers that need to be prayed relationship relationships that need to be made steps that need to be taken they've done so many of those things god and you moved in miraculous ways 
thank you, Father, for, for them sharing. Thank you for the blessings over their life and over their marriage and over their, fa- over their uh, future family, God. I thank you so much for them saying yes to you over and over and over. See, for Blair and Anthony, God, we can truly say the best is yet to come because they keep seeking you, they keep following you, and the best is yet to come because of that. We declare it in Jesus' name. Everybody says? Amen. Amen. Give it up for Quentin and Haley coming up. Q and Haley, um, my gosh, it, it did it start in February of last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, the story's crazy. What, I, I knew I forgot something right away, you guys, when I first came up here. It was the one-for-one, one, right? So I saw some of you going to the one-for-one. One. The one-for-one one is a ministry that we do every week where you put a dollar in these containers over here, and uh, it all adds up for the month. And uh, by the way, last, er, in April, um, First of all, I, I prayed this, but let's celebrate. 18 people gave their lives to Christ in April. Woo! That's big. That's why we're here. Um, we had the most nominations we've ever had for the one for one. I mean, I, 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 maybe double digits. I don't even know. But a lot of you nominated people, which is awesome. I love that you're nominating. So the one for ones, you, you bring a dollar every week. You put it in there. We gather it at the end of the month, and, and we pick one of the nominations and you bless them with a check and it's amazing that that wasn't even happening i don't think yet in february 21 but but it may have been one of the things that sparked the idea for us along with another church that was doing it in february of 2021 um you guys weren't coming to meadows you didn't know probably anything about meadows i don't think you ever even heard of the church um but uh you woke up one morning, furnace wasn't working, you have a six-month-old son, uh, you have no money in savings, and you have no idea what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're frantic at work, mm-hmm. and you work with somebody yes. that attends the church called Meadows. Yes. I love our church. And that's when I first heard your name. And wow. I remember thinking, and you still came. what a that's wild weird. name <laughs> yeah. for yeah. a pastor. Yeah, I'm surprised you showed up. So, uh, <laughs> I love that your coworker saw you hurting, and the, her first thought was, I wonder if my church can help. Mm-hmm. She don't go to church at Meadows. We don't know who she is. So she calls me, and I, she tells me the story of what happened with the furnace, what's going on, and uh, we make a few phone calls and, and, and pray a lot of prayers and talk to leadership, and we're like, okay, we can, we can help. And um, we were able to come up with, through another organization and us partnering together mm-hmm. to, to get you a brand new furnace. Yeah. You, you hear the story we don't know who you are. I don't know that you'll ever come to Meadows. Honestly, yeah. we, we, we want you to go somewhere. We knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't know you. But, but at that moment, you guys, well, you had a head knowledge of Jesus, right? I did. Definitely, yes. mm-hmm. you know, Q, nothing there, right? Mm-hmm. No, no offense. No offense, Q, but no Jesus in there, right? Nothing there. <laughs> nothing there, I should say. That's true. Yeah. That was true. Nothing there. Yeah. But through an act of generosity, through a church you didn't know, something happened. Oh, yeah. So starting that day off, actually the night before, you should start that. Um, Okay. So, yeah, just a quick. So uh, I would say I would probably be best described as an atheist for the majority of my life. Um, Yeah, an argumentative atheist. Um, And so uh, Haley was the first kind of relationship that I'd gotten into with somebody who kind of had that that head knowledge of Christ. Um, and we would talk about it, but it was always very flippant and on my part. And so, uh, yeah, that night I was staying up late working, furnace went out, <clears throat> and is kind of like my nature to kind of try and take care of my family best I can. And so my kid was asleep, Haley was asleep, and I was like, ah, no big deal. I'll just look up on YouTube. I can fix a furnace, right? I don't even know what a furnace looks like. Uh, And I realize very quickly that I can't, and I start panicking, and I call a service company. It's late at night. It's like 11 o'clock. And they're like, yeah, we can come out for like $50 million practically. And I'm like, well, I don't have that. I don't even have like $5. Um, Can you diagnose the problem over the phone? And I'm like telling the guy what the problem, and he was like, no. And I start breaking down, and I cried. Um, because I realized that I couldn't take care of my family in this situation, and, and we were in a really bad spot. 
And so very strangely, and maybe, I don't know, now that I look back on it, maybe it, I was being prompted, but I, I prayed for the first time, like ever. And I just said, God, please, I don't even know if you're up there. I don't know if you're listening to me. I don't know if you care about me, but I care about my family and I want you to care about them. And I know my wife cares about you, so help them um, and I'll, I'll do whatever you want. And so I set an appointment for the next day for a furnace guy to come out and they said it was going to cost $500. And like I had mentioned before, I had $0. So I didn't know what I was going to do about that. And I went to bed that night and I woke up and I told Haley, Haley, um, I don't know what to tell you. Our furnace went out. I tried fixing it. Couldn't. I set an appointment with a guy. We don't have a way to pay for it, but I know we have to have a furnace. Um, so what I'm going to do is I had all the money I had was a money for my car payment the next day. I was like, I'm just not going to pay for my car. I was close to repossession at that point. And I was like, so, and we'll just figure it out. And she was like, um, it, it'll be okay. That'll, that'll work. And I opened up my bank account to transfer the money. And I had, and to be realistic, the appointment cost $350. I suddenly had $350 in my bank account. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at Haley and I'm like, looks like the state of Nebraska deposited $350 in my account because my work had apparently signed us up for COVID relief without me knowing. And Haley turns to me and she was like, because I had told her that I had prayed. She's like, you believe in God? And I was like, no way, but this is a crazy coincidence. <laughs> I was like, this is nuts. I was like, we're fine. Everything's great. And so the guy, yeah, Haley goes to work. and yep. the, the I go to work, and I tell everybody, and I'm like, it's just amazing. I go, and I tell the person that I'm working with that goes to Meadows, and I had a few people that were also Christians, and um, I pretty much just really liked that they always had what I said was positive vibes. Looking back now, they had the Holy Spirit in them. But I told them the story, and they're just like, oh. Praise God. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I really did believe that was God. He prayed. God really did deliver. And that was like a nudge to him. And then I get a call probably two hours into work. And Quentin doesn't cry, but he sounded panicked. And yeah, so I was praising the state of Nebraska while she was praising God. <laughs> and uh, the service guy came, and he was at my house for like five minutes, and he went downstairs, and he looked at the furnace, and he quickly came back up, and he was like, all right, so the good news is it was the problem that they said it was. Your blower went out, and it'll be $350. I was like, okay, cool. Done. And he was like, bad news is your heat exchanger is cracked. I had to tag it. It's condemned. Your furnace can't be fixed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Condemned what? by the devil, right? Yeah. I mean. And I was like, what? Oh, what does that mean? And he was like, "Well, you have to get a new one, and that'll run about three to four thousand dollars." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know how to pull three hundred, three to four thousand dollars out of the state of Nebraska, but I'll try." And um, so I'm, I am crying at this point, and I call Haley, and I'm like, "I've done everything I can do. I don't know what to do." And very confidently, very assuredly, she was like, "You know what? Okay, you just take care of Teddy. I'm gonna see what I can do." So then I just hung up the phone. I was like, okay, so it's my turn. I'm going to take care of this situation. So I go to everybody in my office, which is about an office of eight, and I'm like, do you have a space heater? I need to borrow it for the, I don't know how long, and I'm just going to collect space heaters, and we're going to just live with space heaters in our house until we can raise money, we can sell something, we'll figure it out. And then I talked to um, Becky Rogers, who I worked with, and she was like, Yes, so of course you can have a space heater and whatever, whatever else we can help you with, but let me contact my cousin who runs a heating and cooling and then let me call my church. She was like, we do so much good and there's this thing that they're rolling out. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it started I yet, but um, there's this thing that they're rolling out called a one for one and it's to give money that we give in the church back directly to people. 
And I was like, okay. I had no hope for that though. So I go back to work. I'm talking to her about like pricing and she's talking to random people that I don't know, including Monty. And then I just get an agreement. She was like, okay, so my cousin has agreed to do a payment plan. So not pay right out, you get a payment plan. And I knew stimulus checks were coming and I was like, okay, if I can just pay them with that, that'll be our first like installment, it was all good. So I go home and I'm just so proud. I'm just like, I got us a heater, I got us all figured out and we're just living it because it's gonna take another day before they come and install. And I am like building a camp by our fireplace in our room with, with our six month old and us because it is below freezing at this point. And I um, am talking to my sister who came over and Quentin about everything that happened. And then he looks at my phone. Well, no, no, no. Before that, so you had asked me again. Um, oh, when you called me, you were like, hey, so I have this friend and she has this cousin and they're going to help us get a furnace. Isn't that amazing? She's like, you got to we really got to thank God for that. Um, she was like, you got to tell me. I mean, you got to believe in God now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but I think you have the best coworkers in the world. I was like, this is so amazing. Mm -hmm. These people are great. Thank you. Um, so state of Nebraska and your coworkers are awesome. Yeah. And uh, so she comes home and yeah, we were thinking, and of course, like from an atheist point of view, right? Um, nothing is ever, it's never good enough, right? Everything is always like, okay, yeah, this problem got solved now, but what about tomorrow when the car payment is still due and we still have to make payments on this furnace? And so even though these miracles are happening, I can't see it, right? All I'm still seeing is the problems, the, the continued issues. And we're all huddled around the fireplace and she calls her sister and her sister comes over to like cheer us up and keep us company. And a... Her, I have, I'm sitting next to her cell phone and her cell phone is like ringing and it's not uncommon for Haley to not answer it. So I was just like leaving it and mine started ringing and it was her coworker, which was super weird. I don't know why they would call me. And I answer and she's like, you need to tell Haley to answer her phone right now. Becky is trying to get a hold of her. And I was like, okay. And I handed Haley her phone and I was like, Becky is trying to call you right now. You need to answer it. And so Haley answered it and she put it on speaker and Becky's like, are you sitting down? And uh, I'm like shaking, thinking oh, about it. <clears throat> and she was like, are you, no, no, I was standing right there. And she was like, are you sitting down? And Haley's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I just wanted to let you know that I just got off the phone with my church, with Monty. And um, they've decided that they're going to they're gonna pay for your furnace. Um, so it's it's all okay. And... <clears throat> to say to say that like the best way to describe it is when I heard that it it caused me physical pain mm -hmm. to hear the kindness on the other end of the phone it it hurt me because I had never felt anything like it before and I legitimately had to leave the room because I couldn't stand to hear just these the generosity of strangers and I went into our garage and I legit collapsed on the floor and just started like crying and sobbing because the feeling of being loved by strangers was so overwhelming. And Haley, <laughs> in like true Haley fashion, popped her head out the door and was like, hey, you believe in God now? <laughs> and I... You better have said yes. Yeah. <laughs> without, without hesitation, for the first time in my life, I was like, absolutely. 100%. 100%. So the story, the, that, you know, that's the story. You can't make that stuff up. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. You guys, you're, you're saved um, through, um, God, well, through Christ, through the, his church. Um, you've really recommitted your faith through 100%. through God. Yeah. You guys have seen leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. How has purpose been lived out oh, since my then? Goodness, yes, absolutely. Um, so kind of like Anthony, um, I was in, once we started coming to church, which was at the hotel. 
So um, I was struggling with, um, I was postpartum and struggling with anxiety and working in a male-dominated industry. But I came from a male-dominated industry and this was more stable, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna climb the ladder, I can do this. Um, but I was experiencing anxiety for the first time in my life. Like, I would come to church and have anxiety attacks in church. I remember staring at the wallpaper in the hotel against the wall and having anxiety attacks and just there was a time that I don't know if it was second or third time and God took all that away and it was a miracle like God God gave me like he rescued me from anxiety and then even more so I prayed to him and dedicated myself to him started reading the Bible daily and then I was prompted to quit my job without a contingency plan. This is, that was crazy. I don't know, man. I left a job that once I committed to God and was reading the Bible and seeing things, I was like, this is not in line with what God would want me to be around. It was very toxic. It was very, like, sexually inappropriate to women. It was just a bad situation overall. And I think it was when I, I just decided to, I talked to God a lot about it, and I was like, pull back the curtain, tell me what I need to do. He kept pulling back the curtain, and I was on a work trip, and it was so bad and inappropriate. My boss hit on me, knew, knowing I'm, I had an eight-month-old and was married, and I was in Nashville, and then I come back, and I'm like, okay, so Quentin, I've got to leave, and he's like, okay, and I was like, but I don't know where I'm going to go, because I signed this non-compete can't go into my field he's like okay well we're just gonna figure it out so I walk in I try to get out of my non-compete and he said no and I was like okay well I'm just gonna go anyway two weeks and I leave and find a job two weeks later in the industry that doesn't compete with my non-compete and we had been trying for about six months but I had anxiety, I was like losing so much weight. We found out after getting out of this job that I was pregnant, which was what I had been praying for. And so God delivered in all the ways that I needed. It's amazing. It is incredible. I've been blessed so many times over just from finding God. I love it. And I would say as far as purpose goes for me, like, coming from an atheist to now a full-fledged, you know, believer, liver of Christ. Uh, I've gotten involved with the church. I have found a family like I've never had before. Um, I have media talents that I realize now that God has blessed me with that I'm going to be using to help the church and, and do some new and exciting things. Um, I'm in a purpose group. Like, it's, it's amazing, and it's changed everything like everything from the smallest interaction with strangers to the way that I interact with my family to the way that I carry myself and interact with the world around me <laughs> I have stopped flipping people off on the road I haven't even stopped that yeah. so well all I'm saying is uh, but no it's been I mean God has changed our lives Ch our church family has changed our lives I mean can we give it give it up their lives haven't just been tweaked or modified been literally turned upside down 100%. I mean upside down I know Q's we know this he's, he stepped into a new position and got a new job and just yes. Not easy decisions that you're making. No, but God has been with you every step of the way, and even and we saw the testimony, the financial blessings that you yeah. guys are seeing um, as you return to God was His. It's what crazy. you've seen, that's a whole nother topic. That so I'm so proud of you both. Thank you. It's amazing what God is doing through you, and th and understand this. This is in in what. Uh, 14, 15 months, radical transformation. Let's put our hands out to these guys. Father, I thank you so much for Q and Haley. Their story, I mean, how they came, thank you for Becky, your church, seeing somebody in need and saying, you know what? You don't have to belong here before you can be loved by this church. We will, we will love you, we will walk with you. Whether you bring them here, God, we want them to go somewhere. Um, 
they did come to your bride called Meadows and they're seeing life change like never before. They're seeing purpose like never before. They're seeing blessings financially, blessings mentally, blessings um, right inside of Haley's tummy right now. They have a blessing that is unbelievable. So on my birthday, I turned 30 in March, I was, I woke up and I was bleeding and I had to go to the emergency room. And I remember Quentin texting his purpose group and saying, please pray, we don't know what's wrong. And I went to the hospital and I was high risk and I had to just be like, don't do anything until the baby's born. You may have a C-section, just don't do anything. Don't pick up your child, don't do anything. As of Friday, I am no longer high risk because of God. God, you get all the glory. We thank you so much. For Hugh and Haley, we can say this and be confident in saying it. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' name. Lainey, come on up. Lainey. Yeah, give it up for Lainey. God, give it up for Lainey. You gave your life to Christ at Meadows Church. How has your life changed since that's happened? Uh, it's been insane. Honestly, uh, there's no other word for that. Uh, so when I first came to Meadows, uh, I had left, I was engaged, not living like I knew Jesus at all. Um, and it was just going downhill really fast. And I decided, you know, something needs to change. So I left. And my whole life kind of fell apart. Um, but I decided I was going to start taking steps to take care of myself, um, and one of those steps was going to the gym, and I got a personal trainer, and that's where I met Destry, and he invited me to church, <laughs> and I started coming, and I remember the first time I came, um, one of the songs they sang was Come to the Altar, and I just remember, like, really, the message was just, it was actually one of the You Asked For It series, um, and just hearing some of the opinions, you know, well, not really opinions, because it's in scripture, and it was just interesting to see, like, the different perspective, you know, when you have, you know, something to like tell you like this is how it's supposed to be um and just hearing the love of Jesus and like he just he just wants you to come close and to bring it to him and just hand it over and just knowing that you have that that you have that support and that somebody does love you and wants the best for you um and just slowly things started to change I started uh, attending a life group I started serving in kids um and just feeling like I have a place you, you jumped in quickly yeah uh and, I, I, you know, I've, I've shared the stat before, but the longer a person comes, you know, and, and doesn't take some next step, whatever that is, after six months, if they haven't taken a next step other than just showing up on a Sunday, it's likely they never will. It's, it's crazy. With, so you're a good testimony to that. You jump in right away. Uh, first of all, you met Destry works out. I didn't. I mean, right? Destry was no, at a gym. Well, I don't Seriously? know anymore because he doesn't work there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so grateful. If you notice, every one of the stories of the people that you've heard of, they all got invited by somebody. Destry invited her. You know, Becky, um, uh, uh, Crystal, and then um, it's just so exciting. Yeah. So you found Jesus, and Jesus found you at Meadows Church. You jump into a life group. Yeah. You jump into serving. Huge part of our kids' ministry. Um, so how has how has God led you? We say Jesus or Meadows, we want to lead you to Christ. Mm -hmm. That happened. How how has God led you to more to purpose? Well, just knowing that we are all supposed to be making disciples all of the time. That's huge because now um, I do feel called to kids ministry, and I've been helping Bethany uh, write curriculum so that we can have our own Meadows Church curriculum for our Amen. kids. Um, it's been so cool because as I'm researching, uh, I'm still learning, of course, and so it's fun because as I'm writing the new lessons and everything, I'm researching and I'm learning as I'm learning to teach. So that's been really fun. Um, Meadows Kids is our most important ministry. No absolutely. pressure as you write the I curriculum, know, right? you know? <laughs> it's it awesome. Is. I love, we have such a talented, amazing dream team uh, all over the place. But. And one of the best parts is like, as I go teach these kids, they get to ask questions that make me think. And that's been really fun. And then, you know, connecting with their parents as at pickup, which is kind of hard because, you know, it gets a little busy, but just hearing even how their lives are being impacted is so cool because I know that we're facilitating that in there, that they get to come in here and worship God and get to know God just as their kids are, which is awesome. We, I was talking to a, a couple guys out in the Welcome Center before, uh, before uh, service today, and a kid comes up to us, and he's like, Pastor, what's John 14, 27? And I'm like, dang, 
That's put the pressure on me. I'm like, I, I know John 14, 6, but he's like, this is what it is, and he spouts it off, and then he shows me his bracelet, and this is what this says. He's got all this stuff, yeah. and I'm like, wow, our kids' ministry does rock the house. I was like amazed. He was just spouting scripture, and that was because of the love that you guys give him and the love his mom, uh, yeah. I know, provides and his dad provides. So you've had a lot of surprises. I mean, yeah. in your life, uh, you know, I, one of the questions that we wrote down was, how has God most surprised you since attending Meadows? Yeah, it's definitely how he answers prayers. Uh, so for me, when I first joined a life group, I was struggling pretty bad. I mean, I had just left a three-and-a-half-year relationship. I, my best friend was joining the Marines, um, and I didn't really have anybody else. Um, my family's around, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like I could lean on them for this, and I really felt alone. And I started opening up in life group, and I didn't share everything, but I told them I was struggling with sleep. Um, and so the leaders were like, let's pray, let's lay hands and pray, and they did. And as they were praying, they were completely being prompted by the Holy Spirit, um, and they started speaking over the anxiety I didn't share, and the sleepless nights, um, and just being awake every so often with just terror, because I actually had been diagnosed with PTSD, and so I was having night terrors, and, you know, not sleeping or resting ever, really, um, and they prayed over all of that, and just as they were praying, I could just feel Jesus working, and I, I could feel chains being broken. Um, and after they were done, I told them, like, that was the first time in months that I was actually excited to go to bed, because I knew I would sleep. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, so pray over yourself again, you know, and just thank him in advance for what he's gonna do for the night's sleep that you're about to get. And I thought that sounded a little weird, but I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna try it, because it can't hurt. And so I did, and I fell asleep without a lot of struggle, and I woke up to my alarm clock going off for the first time in forever. Yeah, and I literally, I had tears, and I was just praising God as I woke up. I was just crying and praising God because I couldn't even believe that he did that. And the fact that he cared so much about me that he listened to that and fixed that, and now I don't struggle with that anymore. It's That's a miracle. I, I love that your group didn't just did, Easy for you to say. I love that your group didn't just say, hey, we'll pray for you and then we'll move on with whatever the group's talking about, but they immediately stop everything. Mm -hmm. when, when someone needs prayer, don't wait. I don't even say I'll pray for you. If they're right there, pray for them right there. Yeah. I mean, they lay hands on you right there. They pray for you and a miracle happens. And we see it all the time. I love that you wrote this down. So not only are you seeing... Uh, breakthrough in your mental health, but you're seeing breakthrough in your personal life. Yeah. You just got your own home. Yeah, Is I just right? finally moved into my own place, and I never thought that I would get to that point, and it was crazy how quickly, once I finally surrendered it, how quickly it all happened. I had been kind of, I've lived with my mom for a while, and I wanted to finally be on my own, and I just kept, you know, praying, but I always, I would always lay it at his feet and then pick it back up. And then I'd be like, God, why aren't you fixing this? You know, why, why don't I have my place? Um, and I wasn't really putting in the work to find a place either, but it was like, you know, why aren't you just solving all the problems? <laughs> and so, of course, he didn't. And I finally was like realizing that's what I'm doing. I'm giving it to him, but then I'm taking it back. And I'm like, why aren't you fixing that problem over there? It's, why aren't you, what is, what's going on? And so I finally really fully surrendered it. And within probably two weeks, um, Somebody I work with owns some property nearby where I work, and he was like, oh, you want to see this apartment? And it was, like, super affordable, two-minute walk from to work, and it's all mine. Yeah, that's God. Yeah. That is God, and that Absolutely. is good. Yeah. As we close, what would you say to somebody? They might be like you. They might be struggling with maybe it's a, a, a mental health issue, a sleep issue. It might be. Just step it, taking a next step. You have taken next steps very quickly, and uh, and I mean, a lot of them. Yeah. We talk about giving. Yeah. We talk about. I mean, that, that's huge for you. Serving and group and the word of God and and steps in leadership. Now it's just been unbelievable. And, and you have community. You have family. Like you're mm -hmm. looking at it right now. Yeah. And you had nobody. Like you just said that yeah. somebody moved in the Marines and you had nobody. Yeah. And now you have everybody. Like, yeah. Like so. What? 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 what what would you say to somebody that's they're having a hard time taking the next step? Lean in. Um, lean in in all the ways. Um, prayer, giving, reading scripture. I mean, start there because he's going to talk to you. Uh, you're you're going to find things. Um, and definitely be praying and actually surrendering to God everything because he already knows. You might as well give it to him and let him work. Um, and just like I even said, like one of the things... I used to panic. Every time something would happen, first response, panic. Just freak out. It's going to, you know, end of the world. It's over. 
Um, but now my first response is prayer, and that has so drastically changed everything for me because I don't have to be scared or worry, like, is it going to work out? Because I know it's going to, because God's got this. I don't, but he does. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just definitely lean in. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. I mean, especially here. Yeah. They love you, and they, they want to do the best for you, and they're going to pray for, with you and walk with you. Because the other thing, like, my life group prayed over me, but they didn't stop checking in. Like, the next morning, I had text messages. Did you sleep? How was it? You know, like, did you actually sleep through the night? And then we were praising together, and we continued to pray for it. It wasn't just a one-time fixes all. Yeah. I love that you said that. Our, our life groups, they, they meet during the week, but it's not just a meeting during the week. They are like, they're like, the leaders are, are you okay? If you don't show mm -hmm. up, where you been? Yep. And, you know, so I'll read her, one of the last things that Lainey said. I will forever be grateful that he leaves the 99 for the one lost sheep, because otherwise I may have never come to know him. Yeah. I'm glad that he came to know you and you came to know him. Can you, uh, give, first of all, give it up for her having the courage? Laney, I'm going to pray over you. Just extend a hand, hand out to Laney. Father, we thank you for Laney and her courage. Uh, a, a dramatic transformation. She, she surrendered her life to you through the bride of Meadows Church. She's now stepped into purpose, and you've guided her professionally. You've guided her ministerially. You've guided her emotionally. We've seen miracles of physical healing over her. We've seen miracles of mental healing over her. And it's, it's God. That's what you're in the business of doing. So I give you praise, but, but this isn't some, this isn't some, this doesn't have to be the, the exception. Like, this can be the norm. The reason it was the norm and been the norm in Lainey's life is because she continually, like she says, leans in. God, may we lean into what you tell us to do. As simple as opening the word of God, 10 minutes a day for the rest of our, our days will change our days. Just, just praying to you, five minutes, 10 minutes a day, just authentically going to the Father and praying like you're there next to us. She does that. She doesn't do it perfectly, neither do I, but we do it. And we see life change because of it. For Lainey, the best is yet to come because she continually leans in to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all hear people, maybe it's the way the sound moves, but it's amazing to hear you sing. Surrendering everything. That's what you heard today. And they're doing it every day. And I want us to do it as well. Next week, we start a brand new series called The Best is Yet to Come. If... It's a conditional statement. The best is yet to come. It's not true for most people. We say it because we want to believe it, and it's true if we do what God tells us to do. That's why it's if. For, for some people, the, the worst is yet to come, unfortunately. Um, but for, for you and for you watching online, I pray the best is yet to come, and we're going to teach you what God's Word said about how that can happen starting next week. I pray you don't miss it. May 22nd, we're doing baptisms. If you've ever given your life to Christ and you've never been baptized as someone old enough to make that decision, that's your next step. That is your, hands down, that's your next step. I'm pretty certain everybody up here got baptized. Um, well, I know they're all baptized. I think all, every one of them happened through Meadows Church. It's amazing. Again, if you've given your life to Christ and you, you, you're, you, you or recommitted your life to Christ, baptism is your next step. Write baptism on the card, the connect card. Turn it in. Write, put baptism in the comments. We'll connect with you. Finally, I love how the song closes. I surrender everything. I'm going to pray over you, and I need you to know something. None of the people up here that share their story, their story is not more important than your story. Your story matters just as much. Your story is still being written. Their story, all, all, their story started at a cross and a tomb. The tomb is still empty today, like it was last week, like it was on Easter. It's still empty. We, yeah, go ahead and praise God for that because it's the greatest miracle in history. Here, here's, don't miss that miracle. Some of you, you're, you're like they were. You, you've gotten off track. You're making decisions you shouldn't make, like me in addiction, like me in dysfunction, like me in lies. Maybe that's the way that you're living. And you know it. And that's why God brought you here. To surrender your life to him. Not because you're good. You're not. Neither am I. But because he's God and he is good. And he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you. I love how Blair said she tried to earn her salvation. That's miserable. You can't do it. He did it already. That's why the cross is empty. That's why the tomb is empty. Today I'm praying that you'll surrender your life full wholeheartedly. God's grace is what saves you through your faith. 
That's what the Word of God says. I think it's 1 John 1, 9. It says, for those that confess their sins and believe in the Son of Jesus Christ, they will be saved. Call on His name. If you want to make that decision, you can indicate it on the card online. You can type, I choose Jesus in the comments. I pray you know how much God loves you. Laney, you know it, don't you? Q, you know it? I want everybody to know it like you guys know it. I want them to know, regardless where you've been, regardless of what you've done, God loves you. But he wants to change you. We will never be a church where you could, eventually, if you don't step into a next step, you'll probably eventually leave because you'll be so uncomfortable because everybody's stepping into next steps, whatever that is. Step into whatever God tells you to do. That's my prayer for you. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for the stories that were told today. <laughs> you taught in stories and it radically changed the world. Stories went forth today, not from the pastor because he's leading the church and supposed to say things, from people that are the church that have been literally transformed. Meeting Jesus, finding purpose. We're not just gonna be a church that spouts about it. We wanna see people step in and live it. There's people here desperate and dying for purpose, desperate and dying for change, and you've already died for them. You've already rose for them. God, my prayer in this moment, in this time, in this place, is that people will surrender to you right now, whatever it is that's holding them back. As I pray, I want to invite the prayer team just to come forward. You can just come up in this area right here if you want, because we, we, we want people to pray with you after I'm done praying. God, I pray that first-time guests will hand in cards so we can connect with them. I pray over all the people here today, God, work and move in their lives, change them. May they do whatever the Holy Spirit tells them to do. In Jesus' name I pray, and we all say, amen.